I sent Marco some questions. He sent me some questions. We're going to talk about it. But for everybody who's kind of not familiar with Marcos, Marcos is a, um, I don't know if you call yourself a ghostwriter. It's not a ghost partner, you know? I was a, I was a ghostwriter uh, and I kind of grew up, you know, what most ghostwriters do in this industry, which is super cringe, is they get to 20K and then they either drop a course or they uh, start coaching. They drop the ball. <laughs> yeah, 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 drop the ball. So it's like everyone gets to like 10 or 20K a month. They realize they don't actually, they're not actually business people. They're freelancers. Um, I feel like I'm one of the few who have, actually turned it into a business. I have a team. So um, it's a, a ghostwriting, media buying. It's more so just, it's a marketing agency. It's an SMMA, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> it's a growth yeah. partnership. Like it's, it's classic, but you know, cater for yeah. Twitter. So uh, yeah, that's a, it's, he's just really good at monetizing audiences. Twitter, yeah, I think you do Instagram. Also, you do other audiences as well. But um, I just wanted to bring him to the podcast because his story is actually pretty inspirational. He, maybe like eight months ago, you were making like 1K a month uh, writing. And now it's like you're hitting 30K plus months. And for your clients, you're making like 250K a month for your clients. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Let's, um, yeah. let, let's just, let's just uh, riff. Because if there, there's this one thing that unites us, I feel, it's uh, we, I was a ghostwriter. You are a ghostwriter. And we both kind of just don't like other ghostwriters. I hate, <laughs> I hate other ghostwriters. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a few of the things we talk about, but um, yeah. Marcos, welcome to the show. I want to start with uh, the question you asked me to ask you, which is, Marcos, how does one write a thread that makes money? Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's it's like, a, I think the common misconception with uh, with the threads is they think that there's like some sort of framework mental model etc that's gonna make the money from the thread like if they, it's almost like i uh, remember the meme you sent me the tactic hunter the tactic yeah, hunter definitely. like if this had an editor it would be on the screen like te the tactic hunter like people think that there's some sort of tactic that's gonna make the money with the with the with the viral threads um but it's not the, ta the tactic hunter is like um when you're like you feel like one thing is gonna change everything you assume that yeah. every little action you have has infinite leverage so you yeah. say, I send out one DM and I'm not making money, but I sent it with the tactic you told me, Marcos. Why is it not making money? Right? That, that is a tactic hunter, the one that right. just tries new new things over and over again, never sticks yeah. to anything. It reminds me, I was just watching the, uh, the Horm it was like a Hormosi clip and he was saying how he, when he was growing up, he just, he kept thinking that somebody knew something that he didn't, but that was never it, right? It was, it, it was genuinely just doing like the basic obvious shit that we always say, but like for beginners and like, you don't know, it's easy to say when you're after, you're not a beginner anymore, but as a beginner, the biggest barrier is getting through that. Like you genuinely just have to do like the, the typical thing. Um, yeah. and back to your question for like the threads, it's, it's not about how you write the thread. It's about what the thread says. Um, and I've realized this actually like the last few weeks, really, um, like I can't make a client special. Like no matter what I do, like I can write the most, the coolest, but the best possible framework and the most proven templates. Um, I can't make them special. So I can't make the money if they don't have a good product and I can't make the money if they're not a successful person. So like, which is why we turn away so many people. Uh, it's just cause like for us, we've, we've been even working on like a process to verify that the person is who they say they are. Like if you're selling a course and this is, this goes back to me hating ghostwriters, right? Cause every ghostwriter hits 10 K a month and then they sell a course on how to hit 10 K a month. I hate that. 
because I've been through so many shitty courses. And one of the good ones, for example, was uh, you had like a low ticket program, right? Like low ticket, low ticket program. I joined it, but you had 10 X the results that I was looking for, right? You had done 75 K in a month on ghostwriting. I would have been happy with seven (laughs) K. So I was like, that is, that should be like that general rule of thumb. So for us to even accept somebody is like, if you're going to sell a course on e-com, you have to have created an e-commerce brand or store that has done tons Mm. of money. If you're going to promise people that you can get them to six figures, you better damn have gotten to seven figures, right? Like I'm not working with anybody who gets to six figures and then teaches people six figures, right? Because they could have gotten lucky and they could be lying. Like there's so many things. So for the viral thread, the, the answer is that you have to actually have good results. And that's why for me, if you go to my profile, like my threads now are just like us flexing results. And even my threads for my clients are just like a lot of times it's just flexing their story and like flexing results. Even if I told you, I told you this on the call, remember yesterday I thought, and like, um, I told you guys like Marcus, don't take this personally, but like this video you posted has like zero value and it's all flexing results. And you're like, yeah, that's the point. Like, this is why I did it. Can you, can you, all right, can you disclose what the, like what the thread was and kind of what the video was so people can see and how much money it made? I think that's relevant. Yeah. 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 So you're talking about the video of the three minute case study, the hundred case case study. Yeah. So I did a hundred K a month case study. It was for a client that did a hundred K a month. This was like early. This was like my first time a client hit a hundred K a month. Um, so I instantly just wrote up a, like a four or five page document on how they hit a hundred K a month. Um, I didn't give away like what 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 you would think when you click it. The, the clickbait is that you think I'm giving you all the tactics and all the strategies and all of this stuff, but it's actually just a ploy to spam results and, and analytics and and screenshots of spreadsheets and like all of the numbers for because it's made for the ideal client. And what I've realized, especially as an agency owner, is when you post. Um, the kind of strategy stuff. The only people that are actually caring about the actual tactics are the people who are trying to beat you and copy you. Right. (laughs) Your actual ideal client does not give a fuck about anything other than the result. So like that was, that click with me. Yeah. Especially with you. Like people don't just don't, don't have the time. One time I was, I had a, I ran this two week challenge. I thought I was a genius for running it. It was just a complete failure, but it was a two week challenge in which I was just going to, personally coach uh, 20 people into closing the, their next client, right? And it ended up me being on nine calls, just hating every single minute of those calls. But during that, one thing came cool, well, it came, came across. So uh, a ghostwriter asked me, another ghostwriter, it's like, what do you think about the content? And I go over his content and one of his most popular tweets or one of the recent tweets was, I'm so happy I finally got made enough money to quit my job ghostwriting. I'm like, dude, don't post that. You can't do that. Like, imagine what would a client feel, right? If you hire somebody and then that somebody posts, I just closed my first client. I'm so excited. Right. Like, oh, fuck. So bad. Yeah, give me a refund. I don't want that. I tweeted, I've been tweeting this since like November, October. I was like, building public is so stupid. Like, I've never found something more stupid than building public and documenting your journey. And I get like the Gary Vee thing where it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? I, I think it's so, I think it's so dumb. Like if you're using social media as a client acquisition source, right. And that's the caveat, right? If you're using, so if you're not using social media to get clients, then so be it document your journey. I don't care. 
if you're using social media to get clients, don't document your journey. Don't build in public. Your, your social media is strictly to get clients, so you need to be tweeting and putting out content of what your clients would want to see. Their pain points, dreams, fears, et cetera, the, the four quadrants or whatever. Yeah. You, you made me do it like a year ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but that, people so will be like, like for everybody's listeners, like frustrations, and then you list the frustrations and then play it out over a year, those are their fears. And then you flip the frustrations, play it over a year, uh, flip it, and that's the ones, play it out over a year, and that's the, that's the dream outcome. So if you make content around those four things, uh, it, tends to be very, it, it tends to hit really hard, but you can go up. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the whole build in public thing. It's like I saw a guy like, oh, we just hit like 1K MRR, like just closed a client, like getting up, going to the gym, like great, but how is that going to get you clients, right? And like, do as I say, not as I do, right? Because I'm like, I'm at the point now where like I, most of my clients come from referrals, so I I get to do whatever the fuck I want, right? <laughs> it's like at the time, and like when you're in the mixer for like the first six months in business, when you're using Twitter for like all of your clients, it's just like tweet what they want to see. And I've gotten better at this. I was doing um, a research doc, market research doc the other day, because um, I'm redoing my VSL, and he, he was telling me like I would say something like, for example. I was like, oh, um, statistics that the online education industry is growing, right? Because I work with online education companies and, and, and gurus and course, course creators. Um, he was like, but why would they care? And I was like, good point. They don't. They already started the online education business. They don't care that the industry is growing. Right. <laughs> that right. would just be for me to be like trying to like get an airhead and thinking like, oh, my right. God. You it's know like, what I mean? It's, so, like the, it's like the fitness coach that posts about – how to improve the form of your deadlift. It's like, bro, your ideal prospect doesn't go to the gym. He doesn't care about the form of a deadlift. Right. You know? Yeah. Like he, yeah. Exactly. He cares about do, doing the thing. Like yeah. how to, I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're like a power or... lifter. Yeah. If you're a power lifting coach, like a strength that coach makes sense. for like yeah. professional athletes, then yes. But if you're trying to get like 25 to 35 year old men that hate their nine to five and are skinny fat, like, they don't care about the form of the deadlift. They care about not being a skinny fat. So you need to post right. things about, you just need to post either results or actionable advice that's going to get them in your DM just enough. I have, um, a, I have a story about this. I want to share this story. So it. uh, it's one about like learning to really understand your target market and speaking their language. John was in a call the other day, you know, John, and he mentioned that a lot of his clients had this recurring thing. So he's like a sleep coach and like sleep, God help health coach and a lot of his clients had the same issue that they were waking up at one between 1 and 3 a.m and like for some reason all of his clients had that and then he tweeted about how if you're waking up between 1 and 3 a.m it's because of these issues and then right below like like the tweet got like 1800 likes it went, it went crazy right and below he said like if you have sleep issues dm me sleep and then he just flexed on everybody on the call like, that was like right after yours he just flexed at everybody just like 70 inbound dms from that one specific tweet to your pain point mm. which by the way talking about how you wake up between 1 and 3 a.m it got him more leads than giving them a whole list of value on how to sleep better you know so to me that was that was interesting it, it's like people really want to feel more understood Right then, then learning things. They they don't want info. They kind of want just like that little emotional yeah. comfiness in order to like DM you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and like 
the biggest thing for me has been, especially for me as like a, you know, I put out, we put out a ton of volume. Like we're putting out, you know, thousands of threads per quarter, right? So it's a ton of content. How many threads do you write? Like how many threads do you post for a client every month? Every day. Thirty. You write a thread a day for your clients. Every day. Yes. Do you juice every single one? Every day is juiced. Every day. we're the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the only piece. Of, that's not the only piece of content. It's multiple pieces of content per day. So, okay. So can you? What, what's your content strategy? Can you disclose? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I'm the best. Three to four. Yeah, three to four posts per day. Um, with with one of those being some uh, some sort of thread or, or big piece, um, we retweet our own tweets and like we do kind of the whole shebang with with uh, automation. Um, That's auto DM. Sorry, yeah, auto DM, but also like um, auto retweet, auto plug. Like we do all of the all of the basic stuff. Um, the caveat is there's a split, right? And this is what I was get, alluding to is that. Um, you know, the pain points and the fears and the desires is great, but at some point you have to balance that with growth. And there's, you know, there's a secret sauce here. Like you can have, if you have a hundred followers, right. And you are like a B2B, you need to get some followers. Like you need followers. It's like, guess what? You're just going to be talking to a wall. <laughs> like If you have a hundred followers and you tweet, you know, results, 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 but you have no, only no followers, so you're not talking to anybody, and nobody follows you. So, like, you don't have a JK following you. You don't have a Marcos following you. Because who follows you matters, right? A lot. A lot. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, and this is, like, for me, too, like, a lot of people don't understand. Like, 500 followers with 100 of those being notables is huge. Is much better than having 5,000 followers with no notables. And I call notables, it's, like, pretentious. It's just people who have a name in the industry because people just want, they just, it's like having a, it's like having a blue check mark. It's like having a hundred blue check marks, right? If I go to Jacob Molina's po, uh, profile, it says 150 people, you know, follow him. It's like 150 verifications, right? right? It's like, it's, it's like if you go to a party and then it's like, there's a, there's a really popular people and the people who hang out with them are like, Oh yeah, of course they're cool. Right. Of course they're cool too. If I like that guy. I'm probably gonna like this other guy. So that is like a really yeah. good follower magnet. Not, I really like the way you said it. By the way, which is, uh, it's, what did you say? Like it was number of followers and who follows you. And I thought like, is he repeating himself? But it's like, no, those are two concepts you were talking about right there. Yeah, and this yeah. is like, yeah, and it's like a lot. A lot of this, it's weird because it's like sometimes you would have to, you almost have to teach people how to network. And I'm not a networking expert. It's like. Kind of like a natural thing, right? Like that, yeah. That was that was only something that really caught my attention with you. It's like you were never needy, not when you were making no money, and not now when you are making real money. So, like, was that something that was always like kind of part of you? Was that something you did on purpose? How does that work? Interesting. It's like I like something that's always been my kind of strong suit has been networking, um, and I've always networked the same way since I was nineteen. Um, I would go to some sort of guru or mentor or some sort of higher end business person. Um, I would try to just give them value, join their program. Like something that people don't understand is like, you can't just like DM somebody like JK, right? You can't just DM JK and be like, help me. But if you invest money, he's going to give you that attention. Then it's like, okay, 
now you have to go all in, which is exactly what I do. I've done multiple times in my in my career. One of so them. You mentioned like like give value. How? Right. So like, for example, like one way I did this a lot when before JK really knew me is like. I would be in his group that I knew his little group needed engagement. I knew he was he would appreciate that group being active and somebody in that group creating value because you know, and I'm sure you know this, right? Like having a low ticket or a free group is a lot of work. I hate it. It's I, I hated it. Down. So hate like it. for me what I figured is, hey, like I know he needs engagement in this group, like it's a bit dead right now. I'm just going to be the most active person. So I went in your low ticket group like a year ago. And I created engagement groups on the side. I went to all the calls and tried to be active because another thing that I know is a pain point for you at the time was you have Zoom calls with 15 people and no one's talking. And it's just you have to make things up to say, right? right. So I was like, let me ask questions so that he can feel like he can have someone to talk to. And then we would just like talk back and forth while everyone listened, right? And that's how I kind of swindled. Oh, that's that smart. Did, yeah. did, I, did I ever tell you like how I got my first retweet from a big account ever on Twitter? No, how did that you? was the day I fell in love with Twitter. I had 200 followers in a day when I had like, like 500 followers total. That was the day I fell in love. So here's how I did it. So there's this guy called Chris Johnson on Twitter, Well Squad, right? Huge guy, making a lot of money. And um, at the time, I was just kind of getting started on Twitter, and I I noticed, I, I noticed that he was like like a big shot. So I went to Fiverr. I downloaded a picture of him. I did it, sent it to a Fiverr editor. That editor edited it for like, what, like 15 bucks, right? Came back to me and I said, yo, Chris, I just got this designed on for you. Thank you for all the value you've been putting out. I really appreciate it. By the way, here's my Twitter if you ever want to chat. And uh, I had my thread, right? Like my pin thread. And um, he retweeted it. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God. The guy had like 70K followers. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, we should move in, right? We, we rock it. But then I kind of did the beginner thing. And, uh, like, I started, like, I assumed because some person gave me one tip, they were going to give me 1,000 tips. Or, like, they gave me one unit of value. I wanted to get 10,000 units of value because who knows where I'm going to get it again. So he started retweeting a bunch of my posts often. Now, the smart thing there to do was be like, hey, thank you so much. And just like, you know, do and keep doing my thing. But to me, I always thought that that retweet was going to be the last. I had that scarcity thing. So I always plugged in my offer below every single time he retweeted it. And I kind of annoyed him. So like after three, three retweets or something, he just stopped doing it and then just stopped engaging with my stuff. Because like I had one shot. I should have just taken one thing and not take the rest. But I tried to take as much as I could because I didn't know when I was gonna get more again. Right. Yeah, it's you know, a lot of scarcity at the beginning. That reminds me like once when I bought um Danko's course, like when I first started. This was when Danko was tiny. Now he's like the sensation. This is a web design course? No, this was the two hour writer course when it before it was oh. like the day it came out. It came out like the the day it dropped, I bought it. Um and then I DM'd him. He had like his thing where like DM me. Um, he was like reviewing it. But, you know, this doesn't work as much anymore. But at the time, it would still kind of work. I, this is like a good recommendation for up and comers. It's like I wrote a thread, basically a testimonial. I was like, this course is great. Like all sorts of things. Like I bought this course and I, this is what I learned. Like he gave me a retweet and I gained like 100 followers. And I was just like, these are just like, this is like, you can like, 
I don't know how to explain it. Like you just gotta swindle your way sometimes, right? Like you just gotta yeah, be smart just gotta, about yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta sweet talk people into loving you. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I still do Dude. this to this day at a higher level. Like I gave, I guess spoken in, uh, in Dakota's in Dakota's cohort, and now me and Dakota are like homies. Like, it'll just like spitball. <laughs> it's like yeah, you just no, have to give. That's smart. No, yeah. that, that is actually what you do, bro. Like Dan Cole, by the way. Like you're talking about this on this podcast, is like you can't talk to a JK like that. Like I'm like, like I'm I'm a I'm a popular or whatever, dude. Like I've been on podcasts and people introduce me as Dan Coe's friend. Fuck <laughs> 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 oh, That's funny. Like, oh, he's he's JK. By the way, he lived with Dan Coe. He's like, oh my god, you live with Dan? Like that guy's just he is he is good. You you know what? Like about Dan Coe, people would ask me, like, what's what's he like after I lived with him for a month? Like, what's Dan Coe like? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea what Dan uh, Coe is like. Because all he did was, this is this is what Dan Coe did, like, all the entire time we were in Austin. So he would wake up, pop us in, go to the cafe, work, train, walk, train, work, train, work, train, come back, sleep. That's all he did. Like, that was all awesome. the routine. Never talked to us, never did anything. But the level of like work ethic you can see from that guy it's like obsessive like that's all he thinks about dude like you couldn't get him to speak about many things that was very curious so like not no no interest in, in small talk no interest in like talking about what's going on but every month or so he would have the the, the theme of the month while i was living with him the theme of the month was uh seed oils and like you could talk about Twitter, he doesn't give a shit. But you're like, yo, Dan, by the way, what do you think about Seedles? He'll just rant for like 30 minutes straight about Seedles. Like right. very intense and like niche topic. That's what caught my attention from uh, from Dan. From Dan Coe's friend for everybody. I, con- I considered you guys, when I was coming up, I considered you guys the big three. You, Dan Coe, and Dakota. And I've pretty much taken different things from all three of you and kind of implemented it and just created my own sauce out of it. But like... I've I've been in all, I've consumed all your content that you guys did actually a roundtable uh, podcast on YouTube way back. Yeah. I listened to that hardcore for like at least twice um, when I was first starting because there's just like a lot. Of, it was like it's almost like seeing like uh, you, you know professional athletes like while they're in high school, right? So this yeah. was you guys were all up and none of you guys really had any businesses yet. Um, it was more so just you had followings and you guys maybe like you both you had a couple of low ticket programs here and there like couldn't right. have been making too much. Um, but it was interesting to see, hear you guys' mindset back then. I actually I would love to give that a listen again and I recommend people listen to it because you can see kind of a year ago how, how much can happen. You know, what it's I mean? unlisted. We we oh Dan, it is yeah we are Dan unlisted that one. I think it's in Modern Mastery, but uh, uh, it was because we talk we talk a lot of retweets. Uh, we, like we do, we talk a lot of retweets. So it's like those uh, are like sensitive topics. But now it's like, I mean, you you can watch it, but I do like Dan has the permission. So if you want to watch it, you have to ask Dan or join Modern Mastery to watch it. Oh, uh, that's good though. That's even better. Like I I'm totally I love uh, paid communities and I love paid courses. Like I'm the opposite of everybody else. I love like guru courses and shit. Like that shit is awesome and that shit changed my life. So like fucking charge for it if it's that it's valuable i know because i listen to it <laughs> what are what are the best the best courses yeah there's so many what were some that you were like or like what comes to mind and you're like this one's good in what niche 
let's do like um let's let's do things related to Twitter. So probably like coaching services, agencies. Well, of course, tweets and clients and client ascension are the the big two. Um, and the the reason I like this model, and I I don't know anything about like Wiz of Ecom, but I imagine I don't, I don't know if we two are courses. though. we're programs. Yeah, programs, but yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're, you're talking more, like, or like were, were you referring to programs in general? Maybe I, I just like, look at it. I I don't I don't hold them differently. Like I look at them as mm. all in the same bucket. Um, I look at programs like tweets and clients and client ascension. I, I look at them like universities. Like you leave with something, you know. It's not a, it's not a degree, but it's a business, right? Right. Uh, so I, I I look at those as as universities. Um, but like the DIY courses. I would love to, yeah, let's, let's focus on those. Um, I really like Justin Welsh's course is really good. The 100. That's LinkedIn, right? Uh, no, the other one, the content OS. That oh, okay. one is, that one is solid. Um, I mean, I really like his templates more than anything. Uh, he has like these like tweet templates and they're just, I use them for. Oh, people. can we talk about templates and about. Like you need to be cringed sometimes. They won't oh, talk to yeah, I'm big oh, on, I'm big on I So like something I did coming up is like I thought I was so fucking edgy and cool that I could be I, I can be successful. I could be different though. I could be different. Like I don't want to be like everybody else. Like I thought I had such an ego. Positioning. I, eventually when I was like, I'm just going to play the game. I'm just going to play the game by the by the rules, right? It's like you can't play basketball and try to try to sprint down the court and dunk, right? Like you got to dribble. So like for me, I was like, I'm just going to play the game eventually. Can, can you give the example you gave at the call? What was the example? I'm sorry. What was it? It, it was about like um, you using an auto DM with a, with a, ho with a template. And oh, yeah, a template. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did an auto DM um, and you guys can look it up. It was, it was in the hook was no cringe hook. I was like, I'm going to do something different and see it. I'm going to split test it. I'm like, no cringe hook, just reply and you'll get access to this video. And it, it totally flopped. And what that showed me was that uh, there are proven templates of, for like auto DMs that will go viral and that will get you consistent results, 500 to 1,000 likes. Um, stop trying to be edgy and being like, oh my, like I see this all the time, especially from like the sales bros in this industry who are actually so cringe. But like, they're like, oh, like auto DM so cringe, like, do I grew without stupid giveaways like this because I could go on forever about this like people there's also people who are like ah it's all organic I grew with organic only and no paid I'm like did you make more money from it like you're gonna get paid the same if you pay for the traffic or get the organic yeah. traffic like nobody says like you don't say that like in a higher level nobody cares how you got there do play the game by the rules like I see too many people on Twitter right now, like trying to be edgy and trying to go against the grain. They want to do things differently. Like I don't even care about followers because as long as I'm not cringe, I'm like, bro, like, you know, it's not. Hey, what are you check notifications? Sorry. Like, what are you check notifications? Yeah. Why yeah. How, why do you know how many followers you have? Yeah. But like about being cringe and, and um, not, not cringe, but like having, having the templates, we're not in good terms right now, but th this guy, David said, one of the wisest things I've ever heard about marketing ever. Like he said, uh, write the best content ever on Twitter and use the dirtiest techniques to sell it. And I thought that was a pretty, pretty, pretty good approach as in like writing the, like the baitiest thread hooks, right. But like making your thing excellent. Yes. If you, look at, if you, if you look at Hormozy's stuff, right. Like his videos, bro. Like, 
And speci specifically, I enjoyed 2021 Hermosi. Personally, I, I think those videos are like the best ever. The more but technical like, stuff before he went, he went exactly. Mad. Yeah, he had exactly. to go out eventually. And but like uh, his his thumbnails are pretty clickbaity. Like if you don't know anything about Alex and you only see the thumbnails from that, it's like, is this just like another like car guru, right? Another Lambo guru? But then, right? right? It's like the they get they get you really attracted with like the the quote unquote like thumb like baity techniques, but they show you the best things ever. And I feel like that's a that's a pretty good philosophy. It's counterintuitive, like but it's good. I like that. Yeah. I feel like we yeah, kind of. Good. I kind of, yeah, no, I like that a lot. I was about to write it down, but I'm just like, um, I feel like we kind of live by that. Like we go, like for everyone, like we're very cringe with our, with our, with our hooks and with our. It's very baity. Like we are, we are optimizing for engagement at all times. But uh, the caveat is that all of our clients have killer products, right? Killer products. So I'm okay That's with right. that, right? Like, and this, and you know, a lot of people. I have, a, I have a really good friend. I, I told you about him, right? He's, his name's Don. He's pretty big on YouTube and he has a course, right? He never plugs it ever, never, ever, ever plugs his course. I have to go into, he has a live stream on YouTube where he gets like 2000 concurrent viewers, which if you don't know anything about the business world, that's a fuck ton. That's probably like the most in the industry. Um, I go in there and I'll just like spam the link to his course. I'm like, promote it. Like you have a moral responsibility to sell your course if you have a good course, if your course does not suck because the industry is filled with shitty courses. So if you have a good one and you're not selling it, you're doing more harm by not marketing it. They think they're doing harm by marketing. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna force people to buy, I don't wanna be cringe, I don't wanna be a marketer. But if your product is good for people, then it's inherently good for the world. So you have a moral, eth ethical responsibility to sell your fucking course. Oh, 100%. I need to talk about this with you. I need to talk about this. So I used to, I really battled with this concept as in like, you never have to ask anything for your, to your audience. Like you right. can't ask, you have to delay it as much as possible. I really battled with that. And uh, I found an example that really calmed it for me. So uh, the, 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 like the gist of it is the longer you delay the ask, the bigger the ask can be. Right. So like if you don't ask anything, then you can ask something huge. And every time you ask, you decrease that goodwill. That's kind of the thing. But then I thought, how how did Andrew Tate grow? Like if you've been following Andrew Tate for like five years, it's I dissected all it, yeah. Promoting. It was just Hustlers University, Hustlers University, join, join, join. Right. Still one of the biggest brands ever. I so have I like Oh yeah, keep going. I'll tell I'll say it after. Oh, you you're into, you're in HU? I am saying HU is the greatest product in fucking internet course history. Well, there you go. There you go. So it's like it's like amazing. Selling doesn't hurt your brand. Selling something shitty hurts your brand. Right. Like right. you don't see the billionaires, Elon, Jeff, any of these guys delaying their ask, right? They just built the product as good as possible and they just focus on product every single day of the week while still doing the marketing. You know what I mean? You can you can relate that. Like you never had Elon, I'm building Tesla, I'm building Tesla, but don't buy it, don't buy it. Like I'm just gonna keep creating content about Tesla. Like he never did that. You know what I mean? Like same thing with right. Amazon, same thing with Facebook. Like straight up, as soon as the minimum viable product is done, out to market, boom, market. Oh. Cause they know yeah. their product can help people, right? And like my thing with Andrew Tate is like, 
sure, some of his marketing might be quote unquote unethical, but that product is fucking killer. Ninety seven. It was. It's. I think it's more now. One fifty. Ninety seven bucks a month. You get access to like fifty courses of of like intro level, like hundred and two hundred level information that can genuinely make you your first few thousand dollars online. Like if I had that when I was that age at nineteen. I would have saved so much money because I was spend. I was in the military and I would save up money. And I remember splitting a five hundred dollar forex course with my with my good with my roommate in in uh, in training, and it was five hundred dollars for one course on one subject. We have no idea if we were going to even suited for trading, right? Like everyone has a different personality type, and I'm, let me tell you, not everybody is good for everything. You need your you need your business to align with, with who you are. And like I don't align with, for example, day trading. I spent. $500 on that course. If I had spent 150 a month on HU, I would have had three months to figure out what was good for me. You know what I mean? Like HU is yeah. sick. Like sick. Oh, I didn't know that. They, well, it's good to know. It's good to know that it's Marcus endorsed. Yeah. One time when I was, I was in, I was in Miami and I, and the, the cool thing about Twitter is you could hang out with people like so ahead of you, which was super cool. So I met up with this guy in Miami. We had, we had dinner and the guy I sold like a hundred mil online. And I've always been struggling with this idea that doing like uh, outbound hurts the brand. And I always had to like, I don't want to send DMs, right? It's like, maybe one day it's all going to be inbound. And I asked him, because, you know, he runs a pretty big business. Uh, well, do you think outbound hurts the brand? And he just stops at me. He just stops and he looks at me and he goes, bro, do you know, do you have any idea how Salesforce grew? I'm like, no, bro. The guys will buy all the taxis at events and the cities that their competition were holding events in. They would buy all the taxi drivers. They would trade them on the Salesforce product. And on the way from the airport to the hotel, these taxi people would promote Salesforce. Fuck your thing. Like it, yeah. it doesn't hurt the brand. You can just sell your thing if it's good. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that put it at ease for me. I was like, oh, I'm good. It's cool. This is something I've just recently started to think about. Like, I I didn't haven't done I haven't done cold DM in like six months, but I started to realize by being because I've been taking LinkedIn a bit more serious. Most of these eight and nine figure corporations are doing outbound cold, like cold outbound still to this day. It's because it's proven, right? It's proven. Yeah. So like, why do I, why do we have this ego? And I got this from Twitter. I've been ingrained in Twitter, so like I feel like I learned it from Twitter somehow. But it might just be me. Um, I stopped doing. And you cold. feel like you're above. I'm above DMs? cold, right? Like I'm, I'm above right. cold DM. Like I'm all inbounds. Like I'm above cold. I'm like, but all of the best, even billion dollar corporations advertise billions and billions. Like the the biggest companies in the Fortune 500 advertise. So who am I to be like? I'm referral and inbound only. Yeah. Doing all about hurts the brand, dude. You have no fucking brand. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. No. All right. Um, do you have any questions for me? Yes, I do. I want to know why you hate ghostwriters. Why are you trying well, to kill my business? <laughs> when you're good, they can't kill you. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about. I'm this, interested. Yeah. What did you, What did you mean? Because you 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 started some drama on Twitter. Um, oh, it was just, yeah, it was fun. Let's open. Fun. I want to open that can of worms. Um, you said something like, "Don't hire a ghostwriter," um, and the caveat here is that you were used to be a ghostwriter, right? That's kind of how you started. So I'm interested right. to see. 
what your thought process was with that tweet and what it is to this day because you still believe it, obviously, right? So what is, yeah, what is your thought process there? Yeah, I don't think I should hire a ghostwriter. And I got so much hate for this. And it's like, I recorded a YouTube video on it. I wrote a thread on it. And like every day I have like my button over it and my finger over it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to post this. I want to post this. Post it after but the it, podcast drops so that there's context. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I should. Yeah. Cause, well, it, it'll be like cringe if I post it and then this podcast drops. It's like, bro, you're already posting yeah. 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 But my, my reasoning behind it is kind of... Um, Kind of because I've seen what I did, and I thought that wasn't like the best thing I could have done for these guys as brands. So as a ghostwriter, you're gonna write for people ahead of you, right? It's like you will write for people that are making more money than you. They're ahead in some way than you. So let me tell you what I did when I was a ghostwriter, and I've I've seen that this tends to be the case with a lot of ghostwriters. But this is what I did, my own thing. So. I used to take what they told me. We got on a call. They told me about their business. We did some research. Like I got the articles and the screenshots. And then I used to take cool templates, package what they told me in those templates, and retweet the shit out of it. And then they grew, right? So I was like, back in the day, you didn't need to have like specific like weird angles to get ghostwriting clients. You just had to be a ghostwriter because there weren't any, right? Nobody did it. Right. So that's what I did. And to be honest, like, you got to get retweets, right, for those things. Because it's, it's not true that you're just going to grow just like that. And to me, like, the people you get, I got my retweets from, they couldn't monetize their account. So, like, why would you funnel those if they don't have any money? So that was one. And two is the people I wanted to buy retweets from, they didn't sell. Because they knew that their brand was worth more than selling a retweet right so it didn't it didn't make sense so like i don't sell retweets uh the most reputable people i know don't sell retweets so i'm like why right two is and i actually got this guy from the same guy this thing from the same guy i met in in miami he's like i feel like people he said i feel like people on twitter are like so much more skeptical like all these guys like they know that you're using a ghostwriter like they understand the game they see your content and it's like they see all the templates they see the same thing you're using it's like oh, of course you're using a ghostwriter and the way you can tell it's not so much in the templates but the perspective that's used me back then i was making maybe six figures right and i was writing for my clients that were making eight figures so whatever lessons they gave me i was limited to turning their eight figure lessons and telling it through a six-figure lens, right? So I was always gonna like dilute the message. I was always gonna cheapen the message. And I feel like other eight-figure guys saw that, right? So that, that's another reason and that kind of lowered because when you somebody has a ghostwriter, you're like, ah, oh, he has a ghostwriter. It's like, what if I told you like your favorite author, they didn't write the book. Like, Fuck, you kind of get disappointed, right? right? And the last one I feel, and I, I have this structured because I already wrote the thread, right? It's yeah, not like I'm like, like a three-part thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to give you a conclusion. This, I'm going to ask you to retweet so, it. Yeah, this sounds so rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I already wrote it, you know. But uh, yeah, so um, the last one is because I feel like you just simply do not need to. If <sighs> you got to make the main thing the main thing, right? So you're you're on Twitter to like build your brand right which will open it up to other interesting business opportunities because if you can afford the ghostwriter 
you're probably you probably don't need the money from Twitter, right? You're in it because you want to maximize what you're already doing. So I don't think you need a ghostwriter for that. I think that the main thing you can do is just tell your story because you've already done cool shit. And like Marco said, talk to other heavy hitters because winners, like winners give back, right? So if you help other heavy hitters that already have a following, they what you give them in information they will give you back in exposure and and introducing you to other networks right but like they wouldn't be comfortable introducing you to other networks if you like you want to cheapen your brand your eight-figure lessons by giving it to a six-figure guy so to me it wouldn't it, it didn't make sense because that's what i did and i i was up front with the guy i was like you know who's retweeting you right he's like yeah i'm cool with it i'm like Okay, but today I'm, I just don't think that it is a it is a good idea if you're if you don't need the money from Twitter, tweet yourself. Like people want to hear that thing. They don't want to hear your story told by a lens that is inferior to yours. I totally agree. Don't hire a ghostwriter. <laughs> That's why hire I, Marcos instead. Yeah, no. I want to I, I, I want to give you a shot. No, I want to give you a shot because I wasn't fair with you. So, I think. I want to be fair with you, but like, what's your process? Because there's got to be something here. There's there's got to be some things that you're like, that was kind of true, but not really. So well, like, like, let's talk about it's that. It's interesting. So I think you're spot on. And I think what's the caveat is that you are talking to an individual. Whereas for me, I write for businesses, right? I don't write for just individuals. It's not like I'm writing for a founder I'm writing for their business, right? We're right. optimized for sales. We're optimized co for conversion because the people that I'm writing for are focused on product. They're focused all on product. And this is what kind of my message and mission has been. It's just focusing all in on product and just using marketing as a tool to get the product out there. It's almost like an e-com brand. Like I, I consider it a lot like e-com, like we're selling a thing, like a physical thing. Um, and the marketing on Twitter is just to sell that thing. Simple, like like we said before, as clickbaity as possible because we're okay with that because the products are so good. So, just because it's like uh, it's a you know some sort of coach as the face, we're not selling the coach, right? We're selling the program. Right. This is why I don't work with like one-on-one -on -one coaches ever. I don't work with anyone that does one-on-one -on -one. because one one-on-one -on -one is capped. They can't make a lot of money. And two, it's like then it's a founder. You know, you're selling a person. Whereas we're not selling people, we're selling results. So that's the caveat. Whereas what you were saying is like telling your story, growing as a person, building your network. And you know, it's funny because when I first learned ghostwriting, that's what you were that's what you were showing me. It's like right. the selling point on the call, the pain point that we were that we were writing for is we were telling these founders that you're going to have an audience that you can monetize at any time. You're going to build a network. You're going to build a brand around your story. I don't do any of that. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah. You don't share analytics on Twitter. You don't share growth analytics. Yeah, you share like my, screenshots of yeah, payments. Exactly. Screenshots and screenshots and screenshots and screenshots because my clients really care about sales and they care about growing, getting more people in the door for their product because – the way that the people that we write for can make the most impact on the world from a more sentimental standpoint is just by giving their course to more people so they can affect more kids or more people. 
you know, people that buy their program, they are changing their lives, right? Like if I give you a business opportunity that helps you quit your nine to five, all I really care about is getting as many of those people as possible because that's what's going to fulfill me. So for my job is to help these people get their fulfillment by filling up their programs. So they're not sitting well, there. How do, you, how do you do that? Like tactically, how do you sell? Yeah, it's like, so it goes down in the DMs, one. That's, that's one thing. It, it really does. And, you know, we, that's why we've really turned into like a, a almost like a full stack. Um, content is like front end, but back end is a lot of sales processes, SOPs, scripts, and stuff like that. Um, just escalating. You really want to escalate people to, to sales calls um, because that's where you can. And I forget who told me this. was. I don't know if it was you or Ben, um, but someone said everything's expensive without context. Oh, that's Ben. Was that Ben? So one yeah, of that was Ben when we asked them about how, like, how, how do you disclose price on the DMs or like, right. how do you close somebody over email? And he's like, you don't, because right, you lack right. context. Right, exactly. And I was on a, um, it's funny, I had a consulting call this morning, and I, I, I said the exact same thing. So it's the best sales advice I've ever gotten. I really, I don't, I'm not a salesperson. Like my sales calls are just like this, like just me spitting game to the point where they're like so convinced by the mission that they're like, yeah, sure. Like, obviously I'm going to work with you. <laughs> I don't, I'm I, so different to you, man. Uh, oh, I used God. to be, I used to be, I cringe at the scripts, man. Like I, it's funny. I had, I just hired someone from my website and he was like following a script and I'm like, falling asleep like <laughs> he's like are you this i forget now you didn't say are you the sole decision maker he said um he said like something about like like my pain point or something i was just like come on man like just i just want to give you my money like, <laughs> yeah. like i'm so over it at this point but to be fair it's like when you're an agent when you're on the agency side and you're really into fulfillment it's like you see so much of it it's like at some point you just want to be different um but no I, when i first started like i was heavy on the closer method and I, I really, I used to push it. Like on our, on our first interview, you'll hear me talk about the closer method. Um, What's the closer method? So the closer method, I learned it from Hormosi. It is the, it's a, it's an, it's a, what's the word for it? Abbreviation. Um, so C-L-O-S-R-E-R. And it's, what is the C? Clarify why they're there. So like, hey, um, what made you schedule a call? And I still kind of follow these sometimes. Like I don't follow the whole thing, but it's kind of ingrained in my brain. Just like, this is what I'm going to do when I get on a sales call. A lot of times it goes like straight to like, Oh, so L would be labeled their problem. Oh, you scheduled a call because you need Twitter growth. Okay. Um, so you have, you clearly have a problem with Twitter growth. I see you only have 500 problems. Like, tell me what's going on. Um, what is the L? Do you remember? I don't, I, I didn't follow that framework, but it is, it is a video that like, you can look it up. Yeah. Uh, Google closer. closer. I'm not giving you sales yeah. training right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah go, go to Alex. That's his job. Um, buy your phone. Yeah. This is like a, it's like a, this would be a good podcast. Um, I love podcasts by the way. Um, it's fun. And I, I got better. I learned the power of it through my first million, man. Like I own a lot to that. That random Texas trip that I took to, I would record the Danny Miranda podcast, but I also want, went to watch the My First Million podcast live. Bro, like like one day before they did the podcast at the same venue, they held a Japanese pop concert. That's and fire. then the next day, it's like fire, right? It's like we're both anime fans. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know the Naruto opening 16 by, by heart. But it's like the, the next day, uh, they hosted a the My First Million podcast, and three dudes sitting down talking about business, 
equal the Japanese pop concert attendance. And the difference is this guy's had a podcast and they made something really, I really like it, which is the, he said that when you're in people's ears, specifically like the headphones, it's like you're spending time with them. So I kind of changed my approaches to podcasts a little bit. Now it's like I try to be more personal. And you told me this with the with the Client Ascension podcast, the the Andrew Heichel podcast. You're like, I like the J.K. Lore. It's like you opening it up, right? And then I went to the Danny Miranda, and dude, dude, almost made me fucking cry did on that the podcast. Already? Oh yeah, it did. It yeah. did. I gotta I gotta take a listen tomorrow. Uh, dude, he he would ask me shit like, I would tell him like, yeah, it's because like. You know, like I wanted to get better because my dad, it was never like enough for him. And he's like, yeah, but like, really, why? Where does your insecurity come from? I'm like, holy shit, bro. Can you just ask me about Twitter yeah, threads or yeah, something? Yeah. Like, why are you asking me these things? But uh, it, it, I like this Shen Puri quote again from my first million. It's like when you create content, like the goal isn't to be uh, well known. It's to be known well. And I feel like you do that very well as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it is with you too. I feel like since, you know, to talk a little bit about uh, like Myers-Briggs is you're, you're a rare personality type. And it's funny, like two of my closest business friends, you and, and my friend Don are both ISTPs. And it's a rare personality type that I've realized is a very specific kind of person. But you have, you very far away from anything that has to do with feelings, emotion, or in- intuition. And everything is strategic and it's very hard, like, it's very straightforward for everything. So I, I have to listen to that podcast, but I imagine he pulled you very far out of your comfort zone. <laughs> Bro, I was sweating. I was sweating on the podcast. I hated it. I like, uh, dude, I wanted to take my head off. Like, I, I was sweating. <laughs> and, like, the thing about ISTPs, I've been going hard on this, dude. Like, equivalent of, like, astrology. I'm, I'm full on. So am I. I'm on the train. I'm on the train. Let's go. Bad. Yeah. Like, the thing about ISTPs is that, like, it's really hard to talk about your feelings because you don't know them mm-hmm. so much. Like, you're not just... Because, it, like, ISTPs are very, like... They want, just want things that are effective, right? So, it's like, knowing your feelings is not effective, so why would you, like, care about it? Let's just do the thing, right? So, when people ask you about your feelings, it's hard because you're not really in touch with them. But you also value a spontaneity, right? So, it's, it's like, when they put you in, like, weird situations, you love that. Because, like, coming up with ideas on the spot is what gives you pleasure. So, like, mm-hmm. if you go on a trip, planning the trip doesn't give you as much pleasure as being on the station and being like, oh, let's go there. Right? Right. That's what gives you. Yeah. So, that, that's the thing for me that as, as an ISTP. But, like, what are you again? INFP. Okay. So, what is that? So, that's um, it's intuitive feeling. Um, it's like William Shakespeare, more mediator. It's very much like a it's like an emotional character. Uh, it's funny because it's it, they say INFPs are very very prone to becoming writers, which is interesting. And I oh, took that and I took the test after I became a writer. By the way, I didn't I didn't I'm not like I didn't take the test and like I need to be a writer. <laughs> Actually, I found out after I'm like oh that's interesting that um, I ended up becoming a writer, but. Um, my problem is that I'm the opposite of being tactical and strategic. I'm very spontaneous with everything and very like, I, I live off intuition. I, I struggle to have a plan. I never have, I haven't held a planner my whole career. I've never had a to-do list. Like I, I don't work with to-do lists. 
You yeah, you write everything. Like I have my notebook. I have it right here as if we talk. I'm like, oh, I have I have a story. notebook, but it just has stickers on it, so I don't actually <laughs> like I just get stickers from restaurants and I put it on there and I bring it around with me and like some I'll write stuff in here and I've never read reread anything I've ever written. Like I'll just write it. <laughs> like it's funny. Speaking of Andre, like he he uh he has this like productivity thing he does in his notebook and he, he showed me and or he had a course on it and I and I took it and I did it for one day. I crossed out nothing from my to-do list and I never did it again. <laughs> oh god. You wanna see like the level of like I just wanna like squeeze the juice out of everything I do. Like check check this is like obsessive, but it's just like weird thing I do. So like I write like this and it's like it's important for the spiral to be on the left side, right? Because I write with my right hand. So it's important to be on the left side. So if I want to write on the other side, it's a problem because the spiral is on the right side. You so have I, your thing like, flipping. I do like this and Holy then I flip it like path. this. <laughs> yeah, because it's important for it to be on the left because if not, it's annoying. It's not useful. It's going to have to be... I'm gonna have to tweet that one because that is insane. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> like that's like those uh, you, you ever had in school where they would oh, print out God. in school they would print out an assignment and you would finish and you go and turn the page and then the other side would be upside down. You're like, who the fuck does this? <laughs> like, that's like that's you. I'm but, that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you're, I'm that guy. You're like I'm you're like kid. milk before cereal. Ugh. That's nasty. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not that much of a zip. <laughs> I, uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut it too. But I thought this was a great great first episode. What do you think? I think I have one more question before we cut it. <laughs> oh fuck! Okay, hit me. You're uh you're one of the few who came out of the third world and became successful. Um, but you're notorious for not liking your own people. <laughs> tell me tell me why as a third worlder who forced himself to learn English and become pretty much have no accent, why you don't like the state of the third world on on twitter because that you know they interact a lot with your posts and you are you know someone who made it out of the third world i'm interested why or what your feeling is towards them because if you say you have no money it's like you you're just fucking lazy sorry like i was like that right like i, I was there right I, like on fiverr one time bro <laughs> Remember those logos I told you about earlier? Those logos, they charge you a $2 fee for just using Fiverr. I was disputing that $2 fee. <laughs> I, had, I had that mindset. I was there. And I, <laughs> you left now, but it was really serious back then. Yeah. But like, I just wanted to like, I know that that is like a thing that a lot of third worlders have, me included, right? I had that. And it's just so annoying to deal with just that it's it's not like yeah it's broke because you don't have no money but it's like the worst thing is like it's it's just kind of a mindset it's right. just a broke you don't like mindset. when people it's want just, handouts that's right that's right i just don't like it and i feel like if i if i give i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to me in the past right because i want to I be careful with this but it's like if i talk to me in the past one unit of value i know me in the past is going to try to take 100 units of value so i'm like i'm just not going to give you anything because it's like winners give back, losers take off. That's good. That's good. So like losers will try to take everything, right? right. But like uh, that's why I don't give them anything. So I'm like, yeah, no, fuck it. Because I, I know how I used to be, and um, you know, I won't do them any good. I, yeah, and it's just like if if you have a pool of 
circle A, right? Pool A and then pool B. And all your money is coming from pool A, but all of your attention draining is coming from pool B. Don't fucking focus on pool B, focus on pool A. So to me, it's more of um, it's a very objective decision. Like I've never, I've never had that much of a big issue with it. So like I'm rolling with it. And I'm also one of the few people who can actually attest to that. So that's why I asked you because I'm never going to be able to, I can't say anything. I'm going to, I had a pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk about this. I'm going to need to ask for asking for permission, but I have another cool story for this on the, on the second podcast, which is also the cliffhanger. Subscribe to Lex and cash podcast. If you want to keep listening to the next things for part, for part two. That's right. Marcos. Um, yeah. So, you can go to, we're going to record a few episodes with Marcos. So, like, go, it's Marcos Ruiz on Twitter. Great guy. You're going to see me interacting with him a lot. And um, hopefully, you enjoy the Likes and Cash podcast. Do you have anything to say before we quit? That was, now that was fun. It went by really fast. We could totally, uh, we could totally get a couple more of those in already. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one. We went, we talked about a lot of tactics. Like, yeah. do this. Yeah. I, I enjoy, and yeah, we went to like, it was like zero zoom out. It was all zoom we're in, both in which a I enjoyed. We're both in a season of like product. So I think we're like just in the mindset of tactics. So like we just, we can give so much value right now. Yeah. Oh, bro. You have to leave now, don't you? I don't have an eight. Oh, can we go for like, like five more minutes? I could literally go for another 45 minutes if you need me to. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about one thing that I, I realized, like, I was listening again, like, bro, I'm going to name drop so hard on this because I'm just listening to these guys' podcast and I love it. Shan Poirier from My First Million. So nice. He, yeah, like. They should have you on. I was, oh, bro, I, I, I DM'd them and he hit me with the, I'll let you know. And I'm like, oh, He's playing hard oh, to get. Yeah. <laughs> you guys better no, take it before it's too late. <laughs> no, bro, that's what it, that's cool. No, I don't think he's playing hard to get. He just, I think he just friend zoned me. That's like, funny. if I'm being honest, yeah. <laughs> but, You're but, much better uh, okay, than half so, of the people that have been on that podcast. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know, man, dude. There's so heavy hitters. Like, those are, think so? I don't know. No, I, I think that's actually false. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think those guys are like, maybe I just don't know them. Really heavy hitters. You should, you should watch it. It's really good. But okay. Anyway, so I, he said something about, when he invested in a company or something and he's like, I'm so amazed at how little people make the main thing, the main thing. And like, I paused it and I was like, what is the main thing? Right? Like for me, like, what is the main thing? Yeah. Is it lead flow? Is it sales? Is it content? And really thinking about it, man, um, I was sleep deprived when the answer arrived to me as it often does where I'm sleep deprived. And it's like, it's product. The main thing is product because, and like, walk, let's walk it, let's walk through it. So, right. Content. Where does the best content come from? Your best content, your best case study came from your product, your service, doing the thing. Right. It was a case study, right? Lead flow. Where does the best lead flow come from? It's from you accomplishing an amazing product, sharing case studies. And then from your product, the clients are going to talk to others and they're going to become your leads. Right. Therefore, lead flow. This is like okay. a Hormosi said like, something like that. He was like, uh, he said that imagine you just got you know ten clients a month, but every month you just retained all ten clients. Your your business would be insane in a year. Like you'd be multi right. millions per month. <laughs> right. It's like, or um, so content comes from product. Uh, lead flow comes from product. Sales come from having a good product because then 
you know, the testimonials that are selling for you. Reputation comes from having a good product. Like all these guys we're talking about in this podcast, Andrew Tate, right? And you were uh, like Shan, Sam, Alex, they already had a product before they became celebrities and they had a reputation, right? So it's like, it's product. So like the main thing I used to wake up, the first thing I did, write content. And got a lot of likes, not much cash. Likes are cool, but likes and cash. So then I started focusing on product and lead flow, credibility, authority, sales started to go up. So now I change it up. First thing I do when I wake up, I work on my product. And content is like a fraction of the time that it takes me to improve my product. That is the content and that's what's shared. But people relate more to that because they can see that it comes from a place of doing, not from thinking about doing. So product is the main thing. Yeah, and if you want to have more time to focus on your product, hire the birdhouse. Oh, there you go. That's my <laughs> is that bad, right? That's you had to do it. I mean, you had to, you have to, man. If you're gonna be here, take your shot. If your thing's good, right? take your shot. You know, it's funny because I came to you about a week ago or or so, just like giving you so many product ideas because I've been in your product, right? I've been in tweets and clients um, for like a, a, for six months. Um, I've just been giving you like every time I think of something like you got like this could be a thing this could be a thing like this could be a thing because uh, I see the potential and I've and I, I've on the same season as you I'm just like all in on product I don't even I didn't even write a thread last month <laughs> I didn't even write a thread last month for for myself like you go to my page like the the one thread I was like I had to just get something out is I had finished Shoe Dog by Phil Knight um, and I just wrote like some of the Readwise quotes that I had on my Kindle. Um, but that whole book just told me like product is everything. Right. That only reason that grew his company Nike ever grew is because they had the shoes that were the best. Right. And their, their product grew by Olympians wearing their shoes and then track, track, track athletes wearing their shoes and the basketball players wearing their shoes because they're good shoes. So product is king. And Jeff Bezos famously says like advertising, advertising is the price you pay for, for bad products. Or something like that. I like it. Naval says you do marketing because you feel the product. I don't know if I agree completely, but yeah, this, this, well, this is the thing: is like I don't agree, but I understand the message. Right. Exactly. I I understand where it comes from. Right. I, I would say. Like you ever, you you know Whoop? No. Whoop is like this wearable that tells you, uh, like it's it's like an Apple Watch, but it's a wearable, right? So it's, it's supposed to like track your sleep and, and your steps and stuff. So what they did to promote Whoop was really interesting. Again, I learned this from my first million. But the way they did it was they would go to all the big athletes like Phelps, LeBron, but they wouldn't go to them. They would go to people who are important to them that weren't very famous. So like their middle school PE coach, right? right? Or like somebody else, they're like, hey, try this. And if you like it, would you mind mentioning it to LeBron? Right. And because Whoop was so good, it was so accurate. They started giving it to those athletes and they started promoting product. Right. Like this or I wear the aura ring. Right. And I track my sleep. I'm naturally just always talking about my sleep score all the time. So anyone who's associated with me knows that, like, I track my sleep score and they're like, how do you track your sleep score? Well, I have an aura ring. That's their marketing. It's simple. <laughs> it's like product is everything. And that's all that I'm the same way. I wake up and I think. What calls do I have? None. Okay. What can I do for my product? I, I right. started doing client feedback forms. What kind of feedback can I get for my product? 
um, I asked my team. I literally asked each member of my team what I could be doing better. Ask every client what I can be doing better, like all the time. It's just, like, that's all you have to do. And if you just do that relentlessly, like you'll never fail ever. When people asked, told me about Tweet Hunter when I was growing it, I remember I got a few like people saying, "Hey, thank you for this product." My first question would be, "What do you hate about it?" And they would tell me something. I'm like, "Oh, this goes directly to the dev team," and it really helped. Like, it really helped. So that was. That was just something that was, that was kind of useful. Also, by the way, I have a question about the order ring. Let's hear it. The, did your sleep actually improve after you were trying the order ring? Yes, and let me tell you why. Okay. It lets you identify the nights that you had bad sleep, and you'll know, right? Like the only reason I check my aura ring is because I either feel good or I feel bad. When I feel bad, I check my aura ring and I have bad sleep, and I'm like. Of course. When I feel great, if I check my sleep, it's great. So, on the nights that I on the days that I feel like shit, I will check my aura ring and I see like my sleep score is like 60 and I got an hour of REM sleep. I'm like, "Okay, what did I do that the day before? What happened?" There's always something, always. There's always something mm. that I fucked up. Like now Like what? Like for example, watching phone on the bed. For well, one, I don't, I don't have my phone. Uh, I don't bring my phone in bed. My, the, our our bedroom is pretty sacred. Like we only want to be in bed to sleep or other stuff. Um, or never, write t- Twitter threads. Yeah, write Twitter threads. Um, never, I stopped drinking water three hours before bed. That was Alex Becker's recommendation, lifesaver. Because I am a notorious wake up in the middle of the night to pee guy. And it'll fuck your sleep bad. You'll wake up halfway through and then you lose your REM sleep, which is the most important part of sleep. Um, so I stopped drinking water three, three hours before bed. I've been getting much more sunlight. Um, I stopped drinking caffeine after noon, noontime. I'm trying to go earlier. Like ideally you have, you stop drinking caffeine as early as possible in the day. But like for me, noontime is like the latest. It's usually earlier, like 11 or, or 10. Um, those things have helped a lot and like sleep is really all you need to be a high performer which i didn't realize until now like i was i first of all like this is a segue i fucking hate productivity porn like productivity bullshit all these people on like sorry sorry like everybody has these routines everybody wants to be on a system i fucking hate like notion like i used to be a big notion guy like as I got more successful, I just dumbed it back down. Like it was like Google Calendar and Google Sheets. Then it was just pen and paper, and now it's just like my brain. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like you think you need all of these productivity hacks and all these apps. I hate. I hate how people have so many apps on their phone. Like I tried it all. I tried the gamification. None of it works for me. Like the what you know. What, that is like the the one thing why I don't want to buy like a Nora ring or like. A... Yeah. Fuck Apple Watches, by the way, or like old. Yeah. <laughs> but like, why? Why I wouldn't? It's because I feel like I would get too obsessed with the things. Oh, bro! Like, when I learned how to like track calories accurately, I was so annoying to everybody around me. I'm like, do you know how many calories you're eating? And then, like, I would just think about it all the time. I was like, fuck! I put some sauce. How many grams was that? How many calories is it? So annoying. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing that mistake again with sleep. I'm just like, if I feel good, I feel good. And if I don't, I'm waking up anyway. I'm doing the thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't want to. It's like training wheels. It's like training wheels. Like it, 
it has definitely given me a positive effect, like to the point where I've improved my overall routine because of it. But like my my war ring's dead right now. I don't really care. Like I do like that it tracks my steps. But then again, I also don't care how many steps I have. So it's, I'm an active person. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go surf tomorrow. It's like I imagine that's pretty active. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good. I don't know how to surf. Me I gotta learn how to Me surf. Me neither. I'm gonna drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're gonna learn. There's no more. No more. Po- yeah, I'm gonna get lessons. Um, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Get one on ones. That's like a cheat. That's a cheat code, bro. When I was in Austin, back then, I couldn't like if you wanted to get like one on one basketball classes with LeBron, you can't do that. That that's not a thing. But you can get one on one classes with like the LeBron of Jiu Jitsu. Right, but like the top, top, the, the, you can get one on one class. Less popular skills. That, that's right. It's like, I mean, jujitsu isn't as big as fucking basketball will never be, oh, right? Yeah. But that means that you can do that kind of thing. And, you know, to me, it's like, fuck yeah. So, like, numbers, it's like I got a few, I got a few private classes with the European trial, uh, with the European Jiu Jitsu champion of ADCC, which is like the Olympics of Jiu Jitsu. I got a few classes, one on one, 150 bucks an hour, with the best guy in Europe. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm taking this chance. I'll like, of that, course yeah. I'm gonna take. Yeah, you know. So, it's um, it's it's cool to pay for one on one, and especially on those like underdeveloped. I just got a personal uh-huh. trainer. Sports. I just got a personal trainer uh, the other day, so I'm looking to not be a small boy anymore. Oh, there you go. There you go. One is the, it is it one is it local one or online? One? Online. It's I was gonna do local, um, but no one really had had the goals I was looking for. It's online. Met up through Twitter. It's gonna be good. I'm very excited. I go Great. to a I go to a sick gym that has like infrared sauna, cold plunge. I'm like, of course. I don't of actually course. know if any of that matters. He's probably gonna tell me no, but uh, like I'm like I hate productivity porn, and then I'm like I'm gonna go do cold plunge. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're, it doesn't stop there. Let me tell you what happened. So you say you're like oh yeah fuck these gurus right. So let's talk about some some guruisms in Marcus's life. So like Bali, aura ring, infrared sauna, cold plunge, the fucking snowball as a water, mic, coconut, coconut water. water. <laughs> it's like you became what you hate. I become, yeah, you know actually it's funny. It's like. I, I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book one day on this. Like everything is so, everything needs to be nuanced, right? It's like everything at the end of the day is just whatever works for you and what makes you feel good. But like, there are some things that are just like science. And I'm like, I, I have a picture. I took this picture today. I was at the local market and it was an apple. This apple was like this big, like so small. I've never seen an apple this small. And I realized I'm like, all the apples are this small. And then I realized, I'm like, is this what apples really look like? <laughs> like, in America, the apples are, like, this big. Like, actually, right. they're so huge. But here, the apples are tiny, and they just picked them in the backyard. I'm like, man. And they're so cheap. They're, like, 20 cents. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, Wait, but... What, why are you telling me this? I'm just like... The the, the point was, I, I opened my <laughs> eyes to, like, what food is really going to look like. What food is really supposed to look like. Um... So now I'm just becoming Solbra. <laughs> That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, I got it now. I got it. Yeah, got yeah. It. You had I was like, why is he telling me about small apples? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I'll see you in the next one. And adios. Cheers.